How to do Welcome to a Friday. It is back to the window with Scott and Scott, and I am your host, Scott Steen, lead handicapper at winnersandwiners.com. I'm your co-host, Scott Rochelle, senior handicapper over winnersandwiners.com. And together, we do this uh, each and every day, Scott, Monday through Friday, 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, helping everybody in that journey to head back to the window and cash those winning tickets. Kind of like, uh, almost like throwback Friday here, Scott. We're back to the COVID days as a bona fide superstar and integral piece of uh, one of the teams tested positive for COVID. Scott, you want to talk about that a little bit? Uh, yeah. First of all, shout out to Brandon Kubas for showing up about two and a half hours early to give us a brief rant there in the chat box about Paul George. Yeah, I can understand why you might be mad, especially if you took the Clippers last night. But as a whole, it's a pretty interesting situation. By the way, your camera just went off. But uh, Paul George, of course, was missing the majority of the season. Then he came back. Seems like the Clippers are have just a string of bad luck every single year. Bruce thinks the Clippers are going to win anyway. I can't understand that point because they have fared decently this season without him. And we've seen lately the bench unit seems to step up whenever they're missing any key guys. But it's inexcusable. Did you know they were still testing for this stuff? I figured playoff time, they would kind of keep it on the hush-hush. Well, maybe he got symptomatic or something. Maybe he was, you know, I mean, people in everyday life catch the virus and get tested. So, I mean, maybe he wasn't part of a league policy. I don't know. I assumed I assumed they'd stop testing as well. I'm also not sure how he's the only one that's affected by this because well, he's surrounded by his teammates all the time. Yep. Even if he goes rogue and goes to a club or something with some friends... I'm assuming he was still practicing with the team during the week. Yep. I would certainly. So I would certainly something think doesn't so. really add up there, but I, I don't know. I don't know, buddy. That's just a, uh, yeah, weird deal. Weird deal and uh, bad. So you think the Pelicans win tonight just because Paul George is out? <sighs> you know, I know you guys make a pretty good case that they're able to uh, get it done without, without him, but I kind of think that the suddenness of it, the inability to pr- prepare, I think that works. I think that works against him. You know, when he was out before, they knew what they had as far as their team went, but they had their game plan. They had everything drawn up, counting on him being in the lineup. And now you've got to adjust on the fly the last day. That's the only part that I don't like. I don't doubt their ability to win without him. I just worry about how they're going to scheme it on short notice. Okay, that's fair. And I guess my counterpoint would be the fact that we've seen the home teams dominate the playing games up to this point. Personally, I don't really care. I have the Hawks as my play of the day. So I've kind of went against the grain there. But do you think it does matter since New Orleans looked really good in the first play-in game, but we've seen teams with dramatic home road splits look as bad as advertised on the road? Well, that's funny you say that because you said you've got the Hawks. So uh, I'm also mostly just selling the importance or the impact Jared Allen's going to have. Well, we'll see. We'll see how healthy he is. I think that's going to be. I think that's going to be the main question there. Is how healthy is he? If he's good, uh, if he's good to, uh, if he's a hundred percent, then I think it's huge. But if he's not, I'm not sure how much of a help that is. We we will see. Uh, Bronco Devil says, "Good to see me back on the right side." So, by the way, this is normally the day that we would have Allie on. We're not sure. She's having internet problems. She's having internet issues where she's been able to unable to get internet all today. So she's hoping it's back and she's here. If she pops in, we'll put her on. If not, um, we'll see her next week. Fair enough. 
all I know is I'm I'm rooting to go back to this game. I am rooting for the Pelicans just because the thing is I think the Suns would beat either team, especially if Paul George is going to end up missing what game one and potentially game two yep. of a first round series. Yep. So I expect the Suns to take care of either team relatively easily. I just find the Pelicans entertaining. And even though the Clippers are the better team, in my opinion, at full strength, I just find them boring. It's not really a hot take. Do they excite you the way they play basketball? I think the Pelicans are at least fun. They're young. They're energetic. They got some pieces. I don't mind seeing a new blood every now and then, potentially get their ass kicked in the first round. But, you know, Pelicans got something going there. Okay, fair enough. Um, By the way, everybody, official this is the the official welcome to the show and uh it is time to break the x hex i've won a couple of plays in a row so you you have to break the x i do i do and you know the farm has been meh it's been it's been kind of kind of clunky just uh just choppy so we need to get straightened out on the farm i need to get straightened out on my plays of the day thought i had a sure thing yesterday with the royal the wind the wind ended up blowing out even more than i thought it was and it made no difference they just couldn't get any balls up in the air santana got one up in the air and the center fielder misplayed it. So if they could have just... I was going to say, that happened in the uh, White Sox game yesterday as well. You yeah. 30-mile-per-hour winds, yep. and the game still went well under. Yep, 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 it happened. So, again, thanks for, thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to like. Don't forget to subscribe both to our Winners and Winers YouTube channel and our Max Wagers Network YouTube channel. Stay tuned after the game, because after the show, because Scott and I will be joined by Chris King doing our uh, left turn mania our nascar show talking about the bristol race in the dirt and uh yeah there you go so check out all the other great offerings here midday money with sean higgs at noon Allie doing her uh, morning wood show at 1 p.m which i think you and i are going to be on next week perhaps i believe wednesday on wednesday yep so that'll be fun make sure you guys check that out every day not just when we're on of course check out uh, chris and jim doing just parlays at 2 p.m scott and i three o'clock with our thing Sean Miller coming soon, doing his soccer show at 4 p.m. Eastern and batting cleanup as always. Detroit Lenny and the Earl Boys, Nick and Tim, uh, joining in there with uh, Game Time Decision. So check all that out and check out our partners over there that we've uh, we've teamed up. We've got a couple great deals going, Scott. We've got a great deal for baseball through DraftKings. You bet $5 on any Moneyline game. Uh, you win $200 in free bets. That's a hell of a good deal. Uh, you've got to be in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Iowa, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, Wyoming, or West Virginia. You must be 21 years of age or older, except in New Hampshire and Wyoming, where you need to be six. I don't know. It's kind of a weird drop-off there. No, you have to be 18. Sorry. Uh, and, of course, you've got to be a, be a first-time DraftKings Sportsbook customer. Must register your promo code. Make a deposit of $5 plus, And, uh, yeah, you make a, uh, any kind of a wager and you're good. That's between uh, April 11th and the 1st of May. So you guys got a couple weeks to take advantage of that deal. Use your promo code W-A-W-V-I-D-E-O. That's Winners and Winners video, and the link is in the show description. Scott, what's going on with Caesars? Well, Caesars has a nice promo there. If you're looking for a risk-free bet, they have an $1,100 first bet insurance policy where if you place a first-time wager of up to 1100 bucks. You get it back in the form of a free bet if it loses. Promo code ATSWINSCZR. There you go. Yep. Make sure you check that out as well with the good folks at Caesar. Now, Scott, you were saying something interesting that you thought, and we're not officially endorsing this, but you thought that you were able to do that in each state you went to. 
each yes. time, each time you registered, you're technically a new customer in that state, so you're able to take advantage of it. In my experience, I was able to. I couldn't test it out in Jersey because I made an account there a couple of years ago, but I did end up signing up for a New York account, and they let me do the promo. And if I went to a different state, I would have to make a new account as well. So I do believe that you can do it in pretty much each individual state. A lot of traveling, a lot of gas, you know, yep. a lot of gas payments there, but yep. you might be able to pull it off. Well, if you're on the East Coast, it's a lot more practical than you're, if you're living like in Colorado, where yep. you're driving, you know, 300 miles to any other fucking state. You're on the East Coast. All I know is I was pleasantly surprised when I was able to get the, uh, the free bet or the insurance policy, whatever, when I went to a new state, even though I had an account with the same exact company on another state. So pleasant surprise there. I took advantage of it. Scott, David Good is asking, who is a major league baseball coach that consistently thinks you can send a runner on third on contact? In other words, run the contact play. Uh, that doesn't well, Phil seem... Nevin got fired. <laughs> that, that... Phil Nevin was like the worst third base coach in the league, but he did that all the time, which is why the Yankees led the league in outs on the bases last year because there was aggressive and then there was Nevin aggressive. Nevin was awful. Yep. Yep. Do you agree with the contact play? A lot of it is circumstantial. It depends on who you have on third, depends on who the guy is at the plate. There's, there's a lot of, you know, stuff that goes into it. I think I'm for the most part, I'm okay with it. If you have even mediocre speed, but a lot of it also depends on jump. I mean, because you could say go on contact, but you still have to take a half a second to process, you know, the ball actually being hit. So you might get a bad jump on it, but it's circumstantial. I mean, for example, if you have Billy Hamilton on third base, hell, you could bunt and you're sending him every time. Like, it depends who you have on base. Okay. You? Uh, I don't I don't particularly care for it. I think I think you're running into an out. And uh, by the way, David Vance Wilson is the third is the third base coach for the Royals. I actually had to look it up. I, I knew I when I saw it, I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. But yeah, I did not remember. David's also talking about when he drives on an Indian reservation down there in Arizona, that his uh, geofencing pops up and he's unable to bet. Yeah, the geofencing on those apps is really good. Like uh, when I go to Iowa, if I'm literally and I and I've tested this out because there's a rest area right. If, if I'm like a hundred feet from the border doesn't work. If I'm right over the border, I'm all good. So the geofencing is really good. Ryan Page says, Aloha to us. Happy Friday from uh, the golf course, bastards. Um, yeah, you need to fax forms. Well, that you'll need tax forms in each state. That's true yeah. also. Uh, Truth is, that's a problem you want to have because that implies that you won your bets in the individual states. Right. Get your, so that's a, that's a problem that's a bit of a luxury at this point. Get your W two G in all those states. Uh, Just saying, there are worse problems to have than paying taxes on a winning bet in a different state. Absolutely, uh, high school contact works great because, it may, but in major leagues, they can actually catch the ball. Yeah, they can catch it. They can make accurate throws. I'm just uh, saying, I don't think there's a foolproof, you know, all or nothing. I'm a fan of the contact play or not. A lot of it depends on defensive alignment, who you have at the plate, who you have at third base. There's a lot of you know, variables at play. For the most part, I don't mind it, but I'm not blindly suggesting you should send the runner every time. Right. Nevin, which is why I hated him, would send the runner every time. Yep. Uh, they want to tax your winnings, but you can't deduct your losses. Yes, you can. You can say, well, it's, it's, it changed a little bit because you can, the deductions are kind of lumped together, but 
Yeah. You can't still deduct your losses from it's the only, it's the only thing that a loss does for you. You have to have a profit. I mean, you can't you can't deduct it from your regular income. You have to yeah. deduct it from gambling winnings. So we should do a show on t- on taxes sometimes, Scott. I know you just did yours or paid somebody to do them. I, I just did them, but of course it's going to be different in next year for the returns because I have legal uh, gambling. So let's just say my activity has definitely ramped up in the mind of the IRS over the last couple of months. There you go. Um, <laughs> David Goodson never works the Royals. Maybe that's why I hate the contact play because I just see the Royals running into fucking outs all the time there. Um, all right, let's talk about these two baseball these two baseball games, these two football games here. Really? Two football? Bad. Yeah. We do have USFL coming up. That's right. Oh, it's this weekend too, isn't it? I believe so. Oh, yeah. man. I was going to, we were going to, uh, we talked about doing a pick on that. All right. Well, we'll have to see. We're going to do a USFL show. Just kidding. I know no. that uh, that was never actually in the cards. Not yet. Not yet. All right. Let's take a look and see what happened yesterday before we take a look at the basketball games here. Uh, there was some action yesterday. There were some, uh, you know, some good breaks, some bad breaks. You know, we call it uh, we we call it winners and whiners, Scott. That's what we had. We had both of them yesterday. People that took it in the shorts and people that took it to the bank. Let's find out which category you landed in in uh, today's edition of Call the Cops. Pullover boys. Hey man, if you have the Angels team total under four and a half. Really good shape. They had two runs entering the eighth inning. They scored two runs in the eighth inning itself. Still a half run short. Come on. Come on. You're down 10 to 4. Doesn't mean shit to you. Just get out of there. Nope. Nope, they didn't, Scott. They end up putting up one meaningless run in the ninth inning. And that bet turned into a loser. If you had Angels team total under four and a half, you were good for, uh, what, uh, about 88% of the time? And then you weren't. Yeah. Sorry, call the cops. And looking at hockey, if you had the Anaheim Ducks in the money line at plus 300, quack, quack against the Lightning, they led by one goal with less than one minute to go. And then Tampa pulled the goalie and they scored on the six on five with 13 seconds left. You went to overtime. You knew you were dead in overtime and yeah. the Lightning ended up winning the game. Plus 300, rip it up. Finally, you had the Senators Bruins over five and a half. They had five goals left in the first 30 minutes. Halfway through. We're good. We're good. Just we had like the baseball game we had yesterday. You just sit back for those uh, extra time. Just wait for them to put that goal in. You can cash your ticket and get out of there. And, and it was also 3 2. So, worst case scenario, you're going to pull the goalie at some right, point. Right. Right. Wasn't a blowout. Wasn't 5 nothing. So, yeah, it was 3 2. Game ended 3 2. Uh, that's bad beat for it right there, folks. You watched a lot of hockey. On the edge of your chair, and uh, yeah, it didn't work out for you. If you had the over five and a half, rip it up. It's over. Call the cops. Yeah, no goals in the final 30 minutes and 30 seconds. Pretty rough for an over better there. Brutal. Brutal. Well, Scott, there was a few games where you didn't have to sweat it. There was no shenanigans, no uh, pulling the goalie, no going in the deep freeze for the last part of the game. None of that. These were nice, easy victories. You were splayed out. You had your feet up maybe uh, smoking a fine cigar, drinking a nice Kentucky bourbon, because you were sitting in the rocking chair. So for the first one, going to go back to hockey. If you had the over six and a half in the Capitals and Maple Leafs game, you had two goals in the first period, which, you know, decent pace, you know, not nothing too crazy. Six goals, six. That'll do. In the second period alone. So you had eight goals through two, and the game landed 10. 
staying on the frozen pond for one more. If you had the Red Wings Hurricanes under six and a half, they had one goal in the first two periods combined. And then in the third period, uh, not much happened. They put up a couple goals, but didn't matter. Game landed three, well under the total of six and a half. Nice, easy rock and cheer win. And the last one in baseball, sticking with totals, if you had the over nine in the Nationals and Pirates game, Brubaker versus Adon. Yeah, that total was way too low. You had eight runs in the first three innings, and the game ended nine to four. Not the Don, just a Don. Yep. I worked with A. Whitney Brown one time, who's a writer on Saturday Night Live, fairly famous comic. But anyway, he, he opened up with, uh, nice to be here. My name is A. Whitney Brown. Someday I hope to be the Whitney Brown, which nice. I, I always thought was a funny line. Nice. So, Scott, we, uh, we nerfied it yesterday. How'd that go? Not well. Uh, unfortunately for us, Alcantara couldn't get a damn out to start the game. It was even more annoying because that was the only run about the first four or five innings of the game. Yeah. I did have a Yurfi personally in that Nationals and Pirates game, but nobody cares. I think my one question no one. That I have for you, is there a reason why some pitchers historically, I mentioned this because of Brubaker, who historically speaking is atrocious in the first inning, which is why I bet it. Why are some pitchers so bad to start games? I, I I just think they're just not focused for whatever for whatever reason. You know, you always hear the old adage: uh, if you're going to get a good pitcher, you got to get him early before he develops yeah. his rhythm, before he develops his groove. And you know, let's face it: they talk about the fact that you know, ten percent, fifteen percent of the time you go out there and you have great stuff. Ten, fifteen percent of the time you have nothing, and it's really about the seventy percent in the middle that makes the good pitchers. So. You know, sometimes you just you don't know what you got. You're trying to throw different pitches, and some guys come out of the bullpen ready to rock and roll. There was a uh, uh, a pitcher from San Diego a couple couple years back that was uh, average. Um, I can't think of left hander. I can't think of his name, but uh, okay. Anyway, aver- yeah, he was average, but he was absolutely nails in the in the first inning. Just just fantastic, and and we played him every time. Did well for us, you know. And that was the thing. Miami still hadn't scored a run in the first inning, so. Anytime you anytime you got one team that hasn't scored in the first inning yet, sorry, I'm gonna load up on that every time because you've you also solved, closed a minus one thirty five. You've solved so, half the equation. Yeah. Oh yeah, we, we beat a decent line yeah, move there as well. Beat a uh, over ten percent line move. So that's you know that's we're gonna play that every time. Sometimes it's not gonna cash. So yeah. All, all I know is that I mentioned it because I was watching the local broadcast for the Pirates because I had the for, no run first inning. And they were talking about it, of course, because they're going Brubaker, awful in the first inning, has problems with command. Immediately walk three of the first four batters. And I'm just like, at some point, is it a mental block? Because I'm sure the pitcher knows they're awful in the first inning. Right. How much of that psychological? Oh, I think, I think, and I think it's a, a continue. I think, I think it's a self-perpetuating thing. The more you think about it, the more you yeah. try to stop it, the worse it gets, so... Uh, somebody, David, asking who we thought was the worst pitcher in the major leagues. I, I really can't answer that. There's so many pitchers. I got to think about that. I mean, I mean, it's, and it's, and it's early in the season. So. I was asking if you're thinking of Drew Pomerantz. Good guess. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Is that who you, who you were thinking of from San Diego? Uh, no. It's a very good guess though. No. Yeah, it was. I'll have to, I'll have to look at the roster. Um, and, uh, well, it wasn't Paddock, but. Anyway. Well, he said lefty. Yeah, the I know. I know. Throw me off. Yeah, I know. It definitely was a lefty. Uh, Scott Nomax saying, say happy Easter to you guys. Oh, yeah, and happy Easter to everybody that celebrates. And uh, for the rest of you, happy nice spring weekend. Um, um, 
Happy Passover. Passover. It is uh, also uh, Ostara. So, I'm sorry. What Ostara? I don't know that one. Ostara is the uh, ancient pagan holiday that was kind of usurped by Easter. It's. Uh, okay. Do you ever wonder where the bunny and the eggs and all that shit come from? I thought it was symbolic. Uh, well, it is, but it, it comes from the ancient Ostara ritual. The uh, it's like it, Jesus is like the piece of bread no. during the random whatever. No, no. Saying, there's a lot of symbolism in Christianity. I just assumed it was something involving Jesus. Nope it's a it's a, it's a pagan it's a pagan thing. It celebrate uh, celebrates rebirth and fertility in the spring. That's okay, why, that's why you have the a rabbit and the egg. So it's a good thing I don't celebrate because I don't have any kids. <clears throat> right. Yep. So anyway, happy uh, Easter to you, Scott, and to everybody else. Dallas Keuchel, worst in the uh, in the uh, worst well, pitcher. I don't know if he was mentioning for worst pitcher or he was thinking of lefties. Oh no! Well, uh, yeah. I was... Okay, Scott, talk. Scott, talk about this. Start off with the basketball games tonight. Now it's making me crazy. I gotta look this up. Okay, that's fine. Well, uh, I see JC's asking about the worst manager in all of baseball. That's an interesting one because nowadays I'm not sure how much a manager actually does. For the Yankees, for example. A lot of decisions seem to come from the analytics department. Do you think that's the case in most uh, organizations at this point? Yes, they all seem to be. I don't know how much on the granular level the analytics department has, like game time decisions, sort of. That's what I'm saying. I don't know how much of it is a figurehead position at this point. I, I no. I think the managers are still, you know, making the pitching decisions. They're still making the pinch hitting decisions. Uh, that's my, that's my impression. Uh, Memorabilia mentioning Dave Roberts, which I feel like would be the immediate response for most people. Yeah. I don't know. Cause he inherited one of the, like the best situation where they just have unlimited funds and they could just spend a bunch of money. I think Boone's pretty awful, but once again, I don't know how many of these decisions are actually made by them and how much are made by the higher ups and they just have to execute the orders. I don't know. Do you think that you think that their analytic department is, is involved on like in game decisions for the Yankees? One hundred percent. Really? Yeah, it's like documented, like like one hundred percent. What do you mean it's documented? What does that mean? There have been either press conferences or quotes which suggest that let's just say Boone's been kind of taking orders from upstairs. Hmm. How do you feel? There about have that? been some reports that that's been the case, and I'm assuming that's been the case. For... Joey, Luke, Joey Lucchese. Okay, that's a throwback. Okay, yep. Forgot about Lucchese. Yep. Okay, that, that's a good one. Okay. All right. Anyway, so you, you, it, the, there's been stories that have come out that the Yankees managers are a Yankee... bit of a figurehead. Okay. All right. A puppet, so to speak. A puppet. Um. Well, you want to transition over to the basketball games? Yeah. Uh, I'm assuming you like the Pelicans tonight. <sighs> yeah. I do think the line is right being basically a coin flip. But do you think New Orleans actually shows up on the road, or do you think that the Clippers just come out extremely flat without Paul George? That's the question. I mean, I, I like I like two road teams tonight that have been traditionally been shitty road teams. So, fuck, I don't know. Um, you know, I was so disappointed um, with this performance the other night by the Clippers. Um, you know, yeah. All right. I will, uh, you know what? No, fuck it. I'm going to take, I'm going to take both road teams and go right into the face of it. Okay. I respect that. Okay. 
for me, I am going to lean to the Pelicans. I'm not going to play it. I think the Clippers are going to look fine. I just think that eventually they're just going to wear down a little bit, especially offensively. We saw how stagnant they went in the particularly second half at the end against the Timberwolves. I'm concerned that they're going to go too isolation heavy and they just don't have enough guys. I think Norman Powell is going to be the X factor for the Clippers tonight. I don't mind his props potentially over in points and three pointers, but I'm going to lean to the Pelicans there. As for the other game, it's my play today. I think that even though Jared Allen's back, he is still dealing with a finger issue. There's there's apparently pain that's still there. He also has not played since March 6th. Is he immediately going to play 38 minutes in his first game in over a month? I can't imagine that he will. I don't. So I think that he's going to play a factor. I don't think he'll be as big of a factor as people suggest. But Atlanta's been there before. They were in the Eastern Conference Finals last year. This is one of the first experiences in postseason basketball for about, what, like 80% of Cleveland's roster? Yeah. I yeah. think they're going to come out a bit flat, and I think Atlanta might blitz them early. Okay. Of course, we thought the same thing about Atlanta last year, and they looked great. They looked great in the playoffs. They were they were young. Yeah. They, they didn't. Sometimes you're so young and inexperienced, Scott, you don't know you're supposed to be nervous. They also played against the Knicks, though, in the first round, who also had basically no experience. That's so true. it was kind of a trade-off there. That's true. By the way, somebody somebody putting forth the notion that Derek Shelton may be the worst manager in the, in the major leagues. Probably, I don't mind that. It's probably as far as record goes, it'd be hard. It'd be hard to argue with that. I also don't hate him as first manager fired. I pulled up a list just so I have it in front of me. I don't think Dave Martinez is any good, but of course he won a ring. I don't think he's a good manager at all. Okay. Uh, Brandon Hyde, I really can't judge because Baltimore is so bad. Right. Well, and that's and that's the same thing. But... Situation with Shelton. You're like, you know, fucking Connie Mack couldn't couldn't win 70 games with his team. I don't know if Lavulo can manage worth a damn. And the Diamondbacks suck. I, I don't know if he can manage either. Uh, you Bud Black fan? He has over 1,000 wins. I don't think he's great. I think he's a decent, you know, like bridge manager. He won't get you to the promised land, but it'll make you look mediocre. Okay. All right. And I think I think there's a lot of I think there's a lot of managers uh that fall into that category too uh, i think it's tough to find managers that actively make your team worse because i'm mentioning a bunch of the crappy teams i don't know if hyde's any good i don't know if lavulo's any good i don't think they're very good but the point is the roster around them they're just set up to fail i don't know if david bell's a good manager for cincinnati there's a lot of teams that are just yeah we may never find out <laughs> that's what i'm saying you just don't know right but Agreed. if you want to just a manager that's actually had some success that i don't think is very good dave martinez Okay. I don't think Dave Martinez is any good. All right. Very good. Uh, somebody asking about Darius Garland double-double tonight. Hmm. I don't know. Because Garland has really been more focused on scoring mm-hmm. recently. A lot of that had to do with the fact that, of course, Allen wasn't there. And Allen is a huge um, finisher for Garland's lobs. So that definitely helps out his assist numbers. I like the Trey Young points in the game tonight. He shot terribly in the first half against the Hornets, picked it up in the second half, but you're going through the actual regular season meetings and Trey has absolutely torched this team on a regular basis. I believe he's averaging North of 32 points per game. I don't mind the over 29 and a half points for Trey. Okay. All right. That's, that's, that's solid. Uh, Yanks, Yanks get rid of Boone. 
Um, I mean, of course, you know, you're going to talk about your manager more than other teams because you've seen your manager do more. I think Boone is atrocious, but I don't know how much of the decision-making he's actually doing. Right. And memorabilia, I know that Martinez has a ring. I'm just throwing it out there that they had Scherzer, they had healthy Strasburg, which is the rarest of all Strasburgs. You had Soto, you had Rendon, you had a lot of good pieces. I know the bullpen sucked. Yeah, I, I know that, but I'm just saying there was a lot of talent on that team. Well, Michael does bring up a good point. You, you got to put a fair amount of the you've got to put a fair amount of the shame on ownership and the general manager as well. Correct, because you know, like you said. You know, there's lineups you and I could go out and win 90 games with, and there's, you know, there's lineups that Sparky Anderson couldn't go out and, you know, win 65 with. So it's really all depends on what you get set up with and the tools that you have at your disposal. You know, you could be the best carpenter in the world, and if somebody gives you, you know, a box of jello, you're not going to be able to build a fucking house. So I've, I've just seen Martinez with pretty much with the ignoring the one outlier year where they won a ring. I don't think he's ever impressed me at all. I agree. Well, you know, uh, Ned Yost was the same way here in Kansas City. Uh, he was he was a guy stuck in the 80s, uh, you know, still sack bunning and shit like that. And, you know, he ended up winning the ring, and it didn't change my opinion, thinking he was awful. I think so. Robert sucks too, though. I mean, that's the point, though. You know, he wins 100 games a year, but he's on a short list for a lot of people because besides the bubble ring, they haven't won anything. The bubble ring. Forever unclean. Forever I'm just saying, you can make the argument over a 162 sample size, memorabilia mentions it, would Roberts have worn down the pitching staff if the season was 162? Probably. Right. Yep, that's that's a great so, point. I mean, I mean it, it definitely helped out. They were still down 3-1 against the Dodgers. I mean, against the uh, Braves had to come back, and they ended up winning the World Series. But I don't think Roberts is any good. I don't think Boone's any good. I'm really just not a Dave Martinez guy. I don't think he's very good. Okay. Very good. Dusty uh, Baker as well, from the same family of let's burn all our pitchers into the ground and then get killed in the playoffs. Yeah, these guys are just not, you know, we talked about it yesterday as far as the difference in pitchers go, and that's just, that ain't a thing anymore. You just can't, well, for whatever reason, you just can't burn these guys out. And a lot of these managers kind of stuck uh, in the last century, I would say. Uh, somebody Who's else? the best manager? That's a good question. Uh, I've got Darius Garland points at 26 and a half, by the way. Somebody was asking about what the points were for Garland. By the way, an honorable mention for worst manager. I'm not sure if Baldelli has any idea what he's doing in Minnesota. Hmm. I'm just going to throw that out there. Um, For best managers, that's kind of a tough one. Um, I think it's too early to give it to Kapler. I know he he won manager of the year, and I know he didn't work out in Philly. Damn, he was great last year. Cora's mentioned by memorabilia. Scott Service? Uh, can we talk about Scott Service? You can mention Service? Hinch if you want to go through the full cheating scandal. I know Hinch butchered the handling of Cole in Game 7 against the Nationals, but he's a great manager as well. Right. I really do like Kapler. I would probably go Kevin Cash if I had to pick one. Uh, I know you can argue Cash screwed up pulling Blake Snell. I get it. I do think Kevin Cash is really, really good. Okay. Do you have a thought on best manager? I do. I, I don't know. I don't know how you can ignore uh, the guy that won it all last year in, in Brian Snitker and arguably 
the most surprising team in the American League in Seattle with uh, Scott Service. I, I, you know, I think you have to if you go by results. I need a bigger sample size on on Service. I agree. I agree. And you know, you have to see him make you know decisions under pressure and things like that. But I think it's hard to ignore teams that actually won with what appeared to be underwhelming lineups. So well, that's why I look at Tampa because Tampa just seems to throw in a bunch of random guys and they win ninety games every year. But if you want to go by a made up war for managers, wins above replacement. I got to assume cash is minimum top three. I agree. Yep. So I'll probably vote for cash. I think he's a great manager. Alex Cora is a cheater, says Summer Sweat. Maybe you could explain to me, Scott, why Alex Cora has a job and Carlos uh, Carlos Beltran is blackballed. Well, I made that argument on Twitter, and I, somebody was talking about how, well, it's different because Beltran. I'm like, no, it's the same situation. Like, I understand that Hinch and Cora had some manager experience by the time that all the scandals, you know, got released so at that point, you saw the body of work. I have no idea how Beltron had to forfeit his position with the Mets and didn't get another job, and yet Hinch and Cora can still manage fine. And Cora won a playoff series last year against Tampa? Yeah. Like, I think Cora's a really good manager, but I don't know why Beltran, of all people, is being blackballed. I don't get it. Yep, I don't get it either. Um, the uh, Guardians manager as well, Francona. You're is saying, Francona still there? Because he's had health issues for the last like five years. He's sort of still there. I, I don't think he's actively managing yet, but he's still the, technically the manager. He won a bunch of titles with Boston. Of course, they had the drinking and poker games during that massive collapse that one year, which is why he ended up getting fired from right. Boston. But he hasn't done much recently. Um, no, no, he's not. Uh, last two Mets managers were bad. Hard to argue with that. Yeah. Um... Who would you like to see? Oh, you know, and, and and props to you, Scott, for not pulling out your I hate Tony LaRusa card. I mean, I think LaRusa's a fossil, but <laughs> you know, he inherited a good team. Is he good? No. I don't think he's the worst manager in the league. Okay. Mm, you took him to the I, I I I hate his personality with him trying to enforce the unwritten rules and whatever, but as an actual manager. There are worse ones around. Well, in fairness, he was around when those rules were all written down before they were lost to time. He was around when the original Ten Commandments were written down. <laughs> the oral tradition. Um, uh, Mike Social was a superb manager. Wish he was still around. I'm surprised he he must have just got burnt out. I'm surprised he didn't take another gig somewhere because he seemed like I always thought Social was fine. Yeah. Then again, he was on the West Coast, so I barely saw any Angels games growing up. <laughs> Tony, I dyed his hair. <laughs> Somebody did. <laughs> um, all right. So, thoughts on the total of those basketball games tonight? Do you want to take an over? If I was going to take an over, it would be with Atlanta. Yep. That That's really the only one I could look at. I know the Clippers offensively have done decently with the bench unit in, but I assume the Clippers are going to try to treat this game like they did against the Timberwolves and just slow the pace down to a crawl. And New Orleans doesn't exactly go that quickly either. No. So I'm not going to touch the total there. The Atlanta one, I'd probably lean to the over. Just because Atlanta's great offensively and doesn't guard anybody. But do you think Cleveland's defense gets back to its old form with Mobley and Allen together? I don't know. I think they do better. Yeah. I think they'll do better on the, on the fact they have. Uh, Bruce Bochy? I think he's a great manager, but he's retired. So I, I didn't bring him up. Okay. No, I was just uh, somebody. Somebody brought him up. So it's very tough to look at that resume and say that he's not a great manager. Yep. But did did a nice job with with two teams that kind of uh, should have underperformed. You won two rings or three? 
You won uh, three with San Francisco, right? I thought it was three, yeah. 12, 14. I can't say you're bad if you've won three rings. Like, that's... 12, 14, 16? That's what I'm saying, yeah. They well, alternated with the Cardinals well, for like Wait a minute. Did he, did he win a ring with Arizona? Was that was he the manager when they beat the Cardinals, when they beat the Yankees? I don't know. I, he might have been, actually. He might have four. I, I think that's possible. I, I can't remember who it was, but I know. But if you want to go shorthand right now, I know that it's only one year of manager of the year quality. I do think Kapor is very, very good. Yep, I agree. And, you know, he, thank God he got another shot from, you know, yeah. after really underperforming in Philly. Getting run out of, on a rail there. David Good says hire Hank Stram. Uh, J.C. Stone says Earl Weaver. I'll take uh, I'll take dead field bosses for five hundred, Alex. Uh, I think Weaver might be the best the best manager of all time. But... Certainly the most entertaining. Uh, well, him and Bobby Cox would go kind of neck and neck, and Billy Martin for most entertaining. <laughs> Seventeen seventy seven says uh, your mean Mercedes began his career eight for eight. Then he talked to Tony Larusa. Then you go. I mean, if you want, you can also go Casey Stengel. But then again, he's in the boat where <laughs> I mean, the Yankees won every year based on talent. So I don't know how good Stengel actually was. Right. Right. Like in, I, nobody knows. I don't know. Oh man. Sparky? Yeah. I like Sparky. Lou Pinella, again, another entertaining manager. Um you, we, I always liked Weaver though. He was a very, very I'd say strong proponent of small ball strategy, which I'm a fan of. I like bunting. I like a lot of the old fashioned stuff to manufacture runs. Weaver was really a genius when it came to that. So I kind of gravitate more towards Oral Weaver. Orioles it's more have, just ideologically. I just think we align relatively similar. Orioles have $4 bleacher seats for the Yankee series. The hell of a deal. There's a lot of souvenirs in the bleachers. This year? The, right I was now? Say, there's a lot of souvenirs. Jesus. You remember, you know, you're not old to remember when they used to hit foul balls and some, a fan would make it the catch and the you know, PA announcer would think, give that fan a contract. I was, I was in yeah. Baltimore. I mean, I've, I've heard that before, but that was a little bit before my time. Yeah. And nowadays you have like uh, the nets around the side. So you don't have many, you don't have as many souvenirs, but you have less people getting killed. So, uh, God damn it, that's annoying. I hate that. I hate that fucking ten ply society. Fucking pay attention. Put your phone down, fuckhead. Watch the game. Watch the game. You, I'm, I'm sure you love the Nets. Love the Nets, Scott. In what baseball? You like you like that the Nets there? Everybody nice and safe. I'm fine with it. I, I mean, it's really a tough call because I'm fine with it on the sides. Your first baseline, third baseline, the ball's going at 90, 100-something miles an hour, and you can't really see the thing on the angle you're at. Safety first. I, I don't mind it. Whatever. How about don't sit down there? It bothered me originally. I got used to it. Yeah. Whatever. Okay. Maybe because I never actually got a souvenir in the first place, so I can't relate to it, but... That's how they well, that's how they steal your freedom, Scott. Just a little bit at a time. First, it's first, it's just over to the dugout, then it's over the dugout, then it's all the way down the fucking right field. It's bullshit. I had an opportunity to catch a ball once at a minor league game. I went to a Long Island Ducks game like 10, 15 years ago, and I just got my food. So I was holding like a hot dog. I had like the tray, like a hot dog, drink, whatever. I sit down. Foul ball, I'm by the first baseline. Literally right behind me. Like, I could easily get up and grab it. I made the executive decision to not chuck my food on the floor, and I did not get the ball. That's a minor league game. I'm okay with that. I made the executive decision not to flip my food I just paid for and reach up for the ball. So, no, I made a choice. I've got uh, I got four. I've got four in my life. From, okay. From I have a couple of pucks. Major league baseball games that you caught? 
Uh, caught, no, I was, like, kind of given to during, or I got during the pregame warm-ups. They were, oh, like, fuck, oh, no, I'm talking about in play. In play! I, I caught two t-shirts from the t-shirt guns. Okay. Jeez. Does that count? Fucking ten ply, Jesus. Uh... I, I barehanded one up a staircase? It was, it was really an impressive grab, I don't like to brag. It was like a Willie Mays up the stairs. <laughs> Bronco Devil says, I met Orioles, uh, 66 World Championship, uh, Hank Bauer. I uh, had a sign, had him sign a card. He, I handed it to him. And he said, "Boy, was I hung over that day." <laughs> How to kill a childhood dream? Um, Hank Bauer, actually from Kansas City. My mom got his autograph. She used to be a waitress at a, uh, uh, like a little a diner, and he came in one time and uh, with Mickey and uh, uh, a couple other cats, and she got their fucking autographs on menus. So that's my that's my Hank Bauer story. But I like yours better, Bronco. Uh, just just let some little kid get the ball. I mean. <sighs> I don't know, man. It's I understand you're gonna fucking you hurt people. It happens, but you know when we were taking my granddaughter to games, when I was taking my kids to games, I didn't take them when I, when I went and sat behind the fucking first base or in fantastic seats. I didn't take kids because it was a dangerous spot to be. You got to be paying attention. You got to be ready to fucking move. And kids are not gonna do that, you know. So I mean, I get the safety part, but yeah, come on. Hank lived in Independence, exactly right, David. Exactly, that's where, and that's where I live right now, by the way. Uh, no longer the meth capital of the Midwest. That's moved down to Springfield, so I'm pretty happy about that. See, Andrew, I have no comment about Pete Rose, the manager, because I've yet to see his ETS numbers. I, I don't know how profitable he was. I would like him a lot more if he was making me money. That's all I'm saying. Was he making himself? I, money? I don't have the, I don't have the track record in front of me. I know those Reds teams were pretty good. I, I don't know how good. With the money, I don't know how good were they against the run line. Did the run line exist back then? I don't know. I'm sure a lot did. of questions. Yep. Don Zimmer signed a, a dog racetrack, uh, uh, a dog race losing ticket uh, for me at the track. Oh, that's very cool. I don't know what a losing you, ticket at the dog track looks like. I never had one of those. The only thing that I'll remember Zimmer for is being chucked on the ground by Pedro Martinez. Yep. Yep. Took okay. a dive. Took a dive. His entire I, career summed up in one moment when he was already about 90 years old. I agree, Summer Sweat, by the way. Charlie Hustle put that man in the fucking hall. Yes, no question. If you want, If you want to talk about Barry Bonds, you want to talk about the steroid guys, I think that's a better argument. I still think they should go in as well because they time played during that time period, but whatever. But Pete Rose, fucking... I, I separate the playing career from the manager career. The player yeah. should be in the hall of fame. Yeah, yeah. Um, I got to see Pete Rose sign baseballs and it says, uh, I bet on baseball, Pete Rose. Nice. You, you know, that's how he signs them all, right? Yeah. Yep. All right, buddy. Um, well, we've got one more day of play in games and we got real playoffs starting. So, um, anybody, any, anybody, we talked about the, we talked about the odds going forward a couple, um, in the last week, anything changed as far as going forward and who you think wins these series with uh, Luca being out? Well, I was going to say, the main takeaway is that Luca might also miss game two. Right. And I'm not fully surprised by that. I do think that desperation is going to play a factor in there. Yep. Because if Dallas wins game one, let's say Dallas wins game one. They find a way to pull it out, and they're up one nothing. There's a 0% chance of Luca's playing game two. However, if they lose game one handily, let's say they lose game one by 20. Okay. I'm not sure how realistic that is, but just bear with me. If they lose by 20, you don't think they're going to force Luka back for game two? I don't think you can afford to go down 2 nothing while losing both games at home. I told you the day after this injury, average recovery time, 14 to 16 days. I know. And people talking about him playing the first game, I'm like, not going to fucking happen. First game, 0% chance. I think second game, if they're desperate enough, they might bring in three horse tranquilizers to help him feel nothing in his leg. 
He won't be uh, 60%? He'll be 50%, yeah. like 50, 60%. But I'm just saying, do you think Dallas is just going to try to win four out of five games? Four to six, I mean? Yeah. Do you punt the first two and just hope Luke at 70 is good enough to carry? I don't know. I don't know because you start at home. So you could, you could be fucked by the time, you know, the road trip's over. Um, total uh, team total thoughts on the Clippers tonight, Scott. Oh, God, uh, I have no thoughts on team totals because every game's been under at this point. One oh eight, one oh seven and a half, somewhere in that neck of the woods. I guess I'd lean over, but I I don't know. I know this is a. I really have no idea. I mean, I was leaning under on the overall game just based on pace, but I don't know what to expect with totals in these games because originally it's kind of like the first half unders in the March Madness tournament where the first game. Everyone's nervous, and you see low-scoring games because they're adjusting to referees, to referees and whatever. Right, and then they play again two days later, and you see a lot more overs. It's because they've adjusted. Yep, to the overall officiating and everything. So I don't really have a thought on the totals for the games tonight because the under run I feel like is mostly for game one. Yep, that's very true. Uh, Bronco Devil, uh, we'll finish it up with the P Rose here. If, if he did bet to win, okay, but did he bet to lose on purpose? Uh, I don't believe anybody ever showed any kind of evidence that that was the case. There was evidence that he was betting on games. I don't believe he ever bet on his team to lose. Right. I don't believe so. All right. Agreed. Uh, Cavs-Hawks game over tonight. I'm going to lean over before under. Yep. But I once again, I don't know what to expect with the totals. Agreed. Agreed. Um, Andrew says that he bet the University of Arizona over Utah in NCAA baseball, and Utah up 8-3. to three. Uh, the hell is a Ute? What, Ute? Did you say Ute? Uh, gonna need a rally, boys. All right, let's go. Let's go, Wildcats. Come on, Mm-mm-mm for Andrew. I got nothing on that, but uh, we want to he- keep happy crowds, happy audiences. All right, Scott, you ready? Uh, sure. All right, let's pull out our Nerfy for the day, shall we? Yeah. <laughs> it's not gonna be a Nerfy. All right, here we go. And uh, as always, guys, thanks for stopping by and. Uh, Let's get rid of this jinx. Let's get rid of the X hex. I'm ready to. I'm ready to put it away. So, all right, Scott. Let's uh, let's find out what we've got cooked up for today. It's Friday. Get your good fancy overalls out. You're going out. You're going out, folks. Put them on. Get that straw hat available, and uh, put it on your head because uh, it's time to climb aboard your John Deere. Pull out your fancy keys. Put them in the ignition. Fire that bad boy up, kids. It's the Friday edition of Bet the Farm. <laughs> There it is. All right. You got your hat? Yep. All right. There you go. Oh, there he is. <laughs> I thought you were going to put yours on. Uh, I, I forgot. That mine's still hanging on the wall. Oh, okay. That's why you really confused me. I was like, <laughs> all right. I was, I was expecting to hear you move, and I didn't hear you move. Well, so I was we've, we've seen what it happens with I wear a hat and you don't. So that yep. doesn't work. So we're going to try it the other way. We're gonna, we're just a little slump buster here, buddy. A little mini slump buster. All right. What do you got cooked up for today, my friend? So we're going to do a game tonight in baseball between the Angels and the Rangers. We're going to take the over nine and a half runs at minus 120. It's a pitching matchup that only a gambler could love because you have Reed Detmers on the mound for the Angels. Who exactly? He has a career 6.93 ERA also not known for going much length. And you have Matt Bush 
on the mound for the Rangers, and he's made two appearances this season. He has yet to go more than one inning, which means we have our first official opener for the season, and that's kind of a problem because the Rangers' bullpen kind of sucks. Uh, the Rangers' bullpen, 4.3 ERA, which is the seventh worst in the league. However, it is light years ahead of the Angels because the Angels have a 6.3 bullpen ERA, which is the second worst in the entire league. Shout out Royals. On top of that, the over is 6-1 and one in Texas' last seven games as an underdog. We saw that cash yesterday as they were an underdog against the Angels, and that game ended 10-5. to five. But a total of 9.5 with an opener followed by a terrible bullpen and a career basically 70 ERA followed by the worst bullpen in the league. That total is too low. We're going to go with the over. And a Texas team is still putting up over six runs per game, I might add. So uh, they, they can hit, they can't pitch. Yep, exactly right. Exactly what you want in an over team. So that's going to do it for our Bet the Farm. That's going to do it for the show today, guys. We appreciate you stopping by. As always, don't forget to like and subscribe. We appreciate the effort. Hey, it's a long weekend. Uh, good luck on all your plays. Uh, have a great Easter weekend. Have a great Easter Sunday. Hope it uh, sees you with uh, fellowship with friends and family and you really enjoy it, and, uh, you know, let's win some money as, too, as well. So, of course, stay tuned. NASCAR. NASCAR. Stay tuned for the NASCAR show right after this one, but if you can't make that, we'll be back here Monday and do it all again, 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central. Scott and I will do our best to guide you in that endless journey to head back to the window. Take care, everybody. We'll see you then.